Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How are you, hey, sir? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I ask you first, though. How are you doing? Oh, wait a minute. I ask you first. Now, no, I, I ask you first. Put that in there, and I'm going to no. take full credit for asking first, no. if you don't mind. Don't act like you can then say, well, I'm going to be first after I did it, okay? Is that is that a all fair right. warning? We're going to get this show off on a good start, okay? Yeah, we got a real good start. <laughs> riled up. I got. I, got I, feel, I, I just. You just woke me up. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, I feel pretty go. good. Uh, and uh, and I'm ready to rock. That's all I got to say. Oh, I'm wearing the lizard T-shirt. What are you wearing? Well, I decided to get out the uh, T-shirt that uh, commemorates or we wore the night of the infamous outing or the show, the the, the show we did at the Clark Street Ale House that has our, our oh, list. Yeah. You know the, uh, the one that was. Yeah. We're still looking for the uh, missing tape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I got the tape. Mary Jane played it for me uh, about uh, six months ago. Shh, don't say that so loud. We don't want people. Oh, sorry. To still sorry. Be we don't want people to ask. We don't want okay. people to know there is a tape. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Fact, that's, that's a good. That idea. sounds almost like a nightmare I had. Oh, I found the tape. <laughs> yeah, I found the tape. Nixon's tape. <laughs> oh dear. Hey, yeah. so um, yeah. What do you? So you're wearing which? Again, I I'm, I'm wearing listening uh, to uh, myself. I'm wearing the, the the lizard T-shirt, the season of the lizard oh, bro show T-shirt. Yeah, which segues very conveniently into our sponsor, which our happens sponsor to be the Horn Lizard, lizard Conservation Society. Society. Mm. What a group! Yeah, Boy, these these guys do a nice number. They help out an animal in need, and yes. horned lizards are in need. Yes. They're located primarily in, uh, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, a little bit in Western Texas. Yeah. And this group, uh, decided back in about 1990 to take on the, the, the mission to, to help these animals to publicize the need to give them a chance to continue to exist. And yep. they're all volunteers. They don't stuff their pockets with moolah. They nope. do their thing and, uh, I, they're to be commended. And how can we help this group? How can I actually, you know, dress up a little bit better and also help? <laughs> you can improve yourself sartorially by <laughs> buying the Horn Lizard Canyon T-shirt that they sell, and it's a darn good-looking T-shirt. Uh, you'd better look good in yellow because it's yellow. Yeah, got a link to it in the show notes. That's that said, a deal. That said, it is the season of the Lizard for the Bro Show, and we do have a lizard story. Do we have a lizard story? Um, you know, yes. the fact is, I'm not a big guy for comics. Uh, a no. little bit of Superman here, uh, maybe uh, Dot, you know, other ones. They were kind of when I was a kid, but I kind of left that by the wayside and started collecting ball cards. And so I'm not what you call the expert. But there is a, 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 a figure, a comic book figure called Spider-Man, who came up in existence in the, in the early 60s. Who had his one of his villains that would go up against him, the lizard. So our story surround is about the villain that's exists in the comic book, the Spider-Man, who is called the lizard. And what's interesting about it is, and how it, for, it is is a lizard tells a lot about the characteristics of the lizard because we have a very smart doctor happened to have lost his his arm in an explosion, and he feels and he's a, but he's he's a doctor who feels that he can 
through his intelligence, learn how to take the best features of a lizard. And lizards can, what can they do to get back body parts? What part do they usually get back? They regenerate their tails. They regenerate their tails. So he said, that regeneration capability, I'm going to take the genes, the doctor said, and I'm going to be able to then grow back my arm. Yep. So he decides to uh, test it on a rabbit that didn't have a, have a leg, and all of a sudden, boom, the leg comes back. But he didn't then progress right away into other animals such as primates. He decided, let's yeah. just go for the gusto, and let me, I'll just take the serum and see what it does. And sure enough, a miracle happens, and he has his arm back. Uh-oh. That's the good news. Side effect. Bad news. This villain called the lizard, the doctor, all of a sudden becomes a lizard. He takes on the features and physical and all of the other features of a, of a lizard, which is kind Quite of a few. Quite, Quite a few. few. So, uh, and it's so the the story lies in the fact that so what is this lizard capable of doing? Well, he's got the best features of the doctor, the, the, the severe intelligence. But what does he have as it relates to the to the, the lizard? Well, he says, what are some of the things you read about a little about what he yeah. can do? And well, Dr. Dr. Curtis Connors is his name. And uh, 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 there's some of the obvious things. Uh, increased sense of smell because he has a forked tongue. He uses that. Right. Uh, fast, strong for his size, very strong. Telepathy, he can communicate with all reptiles. So he assembles a reptile army. See, he's a megalomaniac a little bit, too. So all this stuff happened, and then when it got really bad, Spider-Man stepped in, quelled the whole thing, and developed a serum for Dr. Dr. Connors that he could give him to revert him back to being the good doctor. And so it doesn't work 100%. It wears off after a while. It's kind of like a COVID shot. You have to get a, get a booster occasionally. And you notice, you notice Dr. Curtis needs a booster when he starts turning into a lizard. Yeah. How's that? How's that? That's pretty good. I, I also want to comment one more feature he's got because, yeah. Uh, yeah, lizards, you know, has a sort of a scaly skin. So as a result, yeah. they kind of make that a little bit more by saying he has a skin that's hard to penetrate. So don't, don't oh, try to yeah. chomp into this guy. Don't try to, to kill him with a bullet. His skin is that tough. But this lizard also then, of course, no arch villain is good unless he has a little, some, you know, weakness of sorts. And how does that fit into the lizard story and the capabilities? Lizards are cold-blooded. If you get them extreme heat, they overheat. They become almost, it'll kill them. So his weakness is extreme heat. Right. So I think what's interesting about this is that we we got a good lizard story. It deals with the comic books. It it has, and I think the art is incredible. I mean, this this yeah. is yeah. Yeah. it's good stuff. Oh. So uh, that that's uh, it's it's a pretty good indication mm-hmm. of you know of, of taking a, a lizard and making it a comic book. Actually, an anti-hero because he's smart and he he sometimes has that that the doctor side of him. So occasionally when Spider-Man needs a little bit of help, not very often, the good side of him comes out and he'll help him. So yes, it's, yes. It's, a, it's a very complex character, needless to say. A complex character and also extremely instructive. You want to learn about <laughs> lizards, studying the lizard man wouldn't hurt. It's kind of like Peabody's Improbable History in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. You <laughs> learned a lot about history, right? Am I right? You're right. Yeah. 
it's a backwards way to learn, and you may pick up a few things that are not exactly true. But other than that, it's a great way to learn history. <laughs> wow. Oh, Such God. a deal. That was good. That was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's really good. So, hey, we got okay. a word? Word. Word is Jacobin. Jacobin. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you helped me with that because sometimes I see that O and I have a way of emphasizing it, and that's not the way it goes here. The first syllable is where the emphasis comes in. It is. Jacobin. And, or as uh, I would say, put the emphasis on the second syllable. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, it's oh, the first syllable. Right. Syllable. First syllable. Yes. So, okay. wow. Yeah. We got here. Yeah. Hey, 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 I did a little background work on this. Good. I'm glad you did, because I didn't. Well, I talked to Sarah down in Australia, my friend Sarah. Sarah is extremely learned, and she's had a very different education than you and I have. She grew up in Ireland, and uh, so she has a more classical education in some ways, in some ways not. But she frequently fills in gaps that we have in our education. So I thought I'd ask her about it. And she always asks me every week, usually Thursday or Friday, she'll say, what's the word this week? Because she wants to see if she can get it and, you know, if we can stump her. Well, this did not stump her, but what she added to the formula, she said, uh, if you look at that word, it it's actually, it's referring to James. I thought, James. wow, James. She said, yes, in England it was King James and, oh, okay. and the people, you know, who were, were Jacobins supported James as opposed to another king or something. I don't know what it was. But anyway, they were radicals. That was the idea. That they yeah. opposed the mainstream point of view. And that's what Jacobins are. They're people who do that. But they're, they're, if you look at the definition we have a link to, you'll see five pretty distinct definitions to the word Jacobin. And uh, I, I found it very interesting that you know that was the case because I thought it was just one thing. But there's a French version of this. There's an English version of this. And you get what you get the feeling for as well is, well, it's really any radical, any non-mainstream point of view could be called a Jacobin if you wanted to call them that. So as a result, it quite often has a negative connotation. And like you said, yes. it has multiple meanings when it's, it's quite often what you need to do is take that negative out of it and just say, this is somebody who's just thinking out. Of, it could be a person thinking out of the box. Not, not, yes, it it's could. not what you call. So, you know, it's all kinds yeah. of good stuff. But, yeah, Jacobin yeah. is one. It's a, a word that we kind of latched on to based on the article that we kind of centered on with respect to our two takes. Let's uh, talk, you want to talk about two takes? That. Why don't we talk about two takes? Because this is the one we need to deliver, give ourselves a little bit of time. Um, yeah. It's. I'll start it out and just say that, uh, you know, there's always things you notice and you feel – and they're in, in, that you, you you feel there's something wrong here. Now we can look at the world yeah. now and find a lot of wrong. But the one that kind of hits me a lot is social and economic injustice. You know, income disparity. There's a variety of ways of calling it. So, uh, you know, we were talking. My brothers, our other brother and, and a friend, were talking about. Well, how do, is Trump going to maybe get? Could he get reelected? And the fact is that the elements that brought his election to start out with are still there because his group of people, are uh, a lot of those people are angry because of social injustice and and social and economic injustice. And quite often you say, well, those are those are the blacks. 
The problem is that it's not only the blacks, it's a lot of people. The declining middle age has left us with this incredibly large group of people that basically have trouble surviving based upon what's around them in their environment, whether it be, and they become isolated. They yeah. don't, they're not mainstream anymore and they're just yeah. barely going from day to day to, to live. And you think, well, that's, that's the inner city. Well, no, no, it's, it's rural. It's everywhere. So yeah, what we is. did is we ran into this article this last week and the article is written by a fellow named Chris Hedges. And that article really brought it home. It's called cancel culture where liberal liberalism goes to die. And, and I would say that uh, it's it's amazing when you take a look at it, what we might perceive as two pros and cons here with respect to groups that are diametrically opposed. There is a solid foundation underneath them, which gives them a commonality. And I think the example in Chris, who I'll just very briefly let you know, and I well, if we I mentioned his name, so it, I he deserves and also it's a word of warning. This is a very controversial individual who's lived yes. in the life of this because he grew up uh, in a family, a farmer, upstate farmer who barely was able to survive in, in terms of his existence. And they lived in a, on the on the side of poverty. And Chris was able to take his background and he was one of the few, as he says, and there aren't many. And most people don't get the opportunity to take and go and get a, a, a good education. Um, get a degree in, in English to, so he could write well. Then gets he's a, his father was also there's a there's a minister piece to his father, who mm-hmm. Presbyterian Church, and so Chris got his MA at Harvard uh, in divinity, but yes. he found that and he it was going he's in, but he immediately did the property thing. He he actually lived in a one of the worst neighborhoods in Boston, and so he's right there in the midst of it. I'm, I'm and I'll be real quick, but so what he does. He then is kind of as a minister for a while, but he realizes that his views in terms of the world is they're a little different. So he has trouble. So he becomes a writer for the New York Times. He goes yeah. all over. He ends up 60 different countries. He's visited as a foreign correspondent with the New York Times, learns four languages, you know, three in addition to English. So he's Arabic, French, Spanish. He's writing these incredible. Uh, and then what he does is he becomes an author and writes books about this very topic in a variety of ways. I mean, he's, he is a little, I wouldn't, if you're looking for comfort reading, I wouldn't recommend Chris. No, very, you, uh, very unsettling, unsettling, very unsettling. His latest book is uh, called America, the farewell tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I need to go any farther. No, so, that says it all. That says it so all. So let's get back to the article and really what we're talking about. I just wanted to give you that bio. So the fact is that what this whole article starts with an incredible story that demonstrates these di- groups, and it's all surrounds and it's about a minister, a Reverend William Campbell from Mississippi. Perhaps you can kind of fill in some of the blanks as it relates to this guy. He's amazing. Yeah, well, another, yet another amazing individual. Uh, now, the difference, biggest difference, biggest difference between Hedges and uh, Campbell, one is geography. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Hedges grew up in poverty in, in the north, uh, Will Campbell grew up in Mississippi, and he's also another generation. He's the he's the silent generation, the one who went to World War II, and he yeah. grew up in he grew up in poverty also in the south. But and like Hedges, 
he just had a mind. He was very smart and he could figure things out and not just intellectually, but morally. And he was a fascinating character. He wrote a book called uh, Brother to a Dragonfly. And yes. <laughs> interesting, controversial title. It's anecdotes, memoir, whatever you want to call it. A lot of it centers around growing up with his brother who took a very different path. But yet they were close. They were the, each other's best friends when they grew up. And so, you know, he felt a real connection with his brother at all times. But whereas uh, Will came back from World War II and eventually became a civil rights activist, his brother came back from World War II and just didn't have that same fire in him. And he had another fire. <laughs> he became a drug addict through the legit, semi-legitimate uh, way of being a pharmacist. And so they had two really different paths. They became two really different people, yet they were brothers. And so William uh, Campbell had an awakening that caught the attention of Chris Chris Hedges and also Jimmy Carter. And that awakening was, hey, I've become snobby, elite, uh, doctrinaire, civil rights guy. And I have completely lost the plot. Yeah. (laughs) That, That I am what I proclaim to be my enemy. And right. he took action. He put his feet on the ground in the right direction and said, I'm going to help my friends and brethren who are Ku Klux Klanmen, and I'll be their unofficial uh, chaplain. I will minister so, to that group as well as being part of Martin Luther King's uh, corps. You know, civil rights. It, civil it's rights crazy. Here. You take a look and say, "Is can a guy actually be one of the white leaders of the integration movement in the South and also yeah. be the unofficial chaplain of the Ku Klux Klan?" A, a local yes, is the answer. Yes, the, is the answer. The answer on, is the, the short answer is yes, and, I, and then you you scratch your head. But it's and why does he have this common this this thing? Because he realizes that the plight of both of these has a common theme. Yeah. It's they're both struggling with social and economic injustice. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's yes. an amazing story. If you take a look at Campbell and where he fits into the, uh, when all the big, the big dates in terms of integration, he was one of the people that helped the high school students get into the high school Little at Little Rock Central. Yeah, he was, and it goes all the way to the uh, later on, and he's in the hotel, and then where, where, the same time that Martin Luther King is set is killed, assassinated. So I mean, he's yeah. there every step, lockstep yes, with he these is. guys. Yep. So it's it's truly a, a, an amazing thing. So where does that fit into today? Well, what we have very relevant, have very relevant. Very, it's very relevant because what's happening is. We are still in the news is the march on the Capitol that took place back in January, you know, based upon what they was considered, you know, the election was all screwed up. We're going to riot. And all of a sudden, the this group of people, many arrested, still going in court, this and that are have been canceled out. They're bad. But somebody mm-hmm. decided to take a look at the demographics of all those people and realize there is a common theme called bankruptcy social isolation, uh, foreclosure, uh, you know, all this stuff. They're all distressed economically and socially. Yes. And sure enough, 
there so this group has got the same thing that's going on in terms that's what's happening with respect to other groups whether it be hispanics or blacks etc and yeah. it's just in and but the difference at this point lies in the fact that we've canceled that group out because yeah. there and, and there's an article there was some mention of hillary clinton calling them deplorable now look yes. we're not condoning what they did that's not no. the issue here no no, it's not. Not at all. I mean, these people did bad things. Ku Klux Klan did bad things. Yes. What we're trying to do is we're we're trying we're trying to understand what's going on, and it's mm-hmm. amazing how in, a, in the back of our minds, I think both of us have felt you know the sensitivity, and I think uh, when I look at myself and you too, is on one re- regard we would look at ourselves in in if we if, if capitalists would look at us and say oh those two brothers the two brothers those are two deadbeats. You see, they, they, they had a chance with their education and what they do. They could have made something of themselves. They could have been, they could have gone right through the ranks of corporate America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's something, whether it be, I just didn't get it. I just intuitively, and you're in the same boat. Yeah. We just said, you know what? We just, we wanted to live, live a good, solid life of learning, understanding, and that's what we did. Yeah. We, we took a path that had a lot of landmines in it. And we were able to dodge them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a part of that journey was we were raised on a farm in a rural area where people were generally uneducated, missing digits, missing teeth, you know, and chewing tobacco. And then we went to the city and, uh, what did we do? We became caddies. I agree. I yeah, mean, we, we had our, we had a lot of interaction with a lot of different groups. And I mean, yeah. With our upbringing, we were, I would call, sort of like a little bit of, of the, uh, on, the, on the north side of uh, middle class or maybe even upper mid- middle class. You know, we yeah. looked at ourselves and felt we were just like normal people, while some people, the caddies would look at us and say, oh, you, you guys, you shouldn't be here caddying. Your father owns yeah. a business. Uh, yeah. But I, I think yeah. our upbringing gave us an opportunity to see many things. Both I was sides. in, in, in the sides. Army. You, in your, your background, allowed you to travel a lot. Um, yeah, movement. And, yeah. So it's yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh, our, our interaction, I think, helped us a, a little bit in trying to understand people and why they the, what what motivates them. And, and so I think that was real good. So, Chris, the, the article is really good. It's It's got a lot in it. But to me, that's that's the focal point uh, with respect to it. So uh, it's it's great stuff. Oh. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is you want to read some some good stuff. You know, uh, I would say I wouldn't recommend reading Chris Hedges. It's something something you want to do early in the morning when you have time to do something to cheer yourself up afterwards. Do not read him at night. After the sun goes down, do not read Chris Hedges. However, I would not say that about Will Campbell. Uh, I would say, you know, he's he's quoted so often and used as an inspiration for so many people. I don't think you can go wrong reading uh, Brother of a Dragonfly. Uh, I think yeah. that's, that's safe and also would expand your boundaries and it would be incredible. So, and I say one thing Will Campbell said that I thought was really great. He said, if you truly understand a tragedy, you cannot take sides. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what he did. And I, I hope more people have the awakening he had during the civil rights movement that he had become isolated and, and was sitting in an ivory tower without meaning to be, or, you know, becoming doctrinaire was the word he used. 
Yeah, I, I think the other my take out of it to bring it back to the mm-hmm. the word that we said. Well, the segue was a word, and we use the word Jacobin. And uh, the fact is that when we take a look at this, who is the Jacobin in this story? It's the elite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is yeah. so, you know, you say, well, oh, you're talking about those guys who storm. No, we're not talking about them being the elite because you see what's happened is and we don't want to get too far into it because this is going down the wrong road. But the fact is yeah. that the, yeah. the challenge lies here and the fact that you've got these these groups together that basically are fighting against the the higher ups and the corporate types, whatever. And it's it's that's a whole other story. We could do another two takes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Hey, do you have any groaners? Oh, groaners! Yes, I I do have some groaners. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The coach. And sure enough, this guy has delivered. I want to get a real shout out because he did did his work. So here we go. What do I doctors give out on Halloween? What do eye doctors give out on Halloween? Uh, eye candy. Close. Candy cornea. Oh, that's excellent. That's so much better. Good one, John. <laughs> Good one. Okay, I thought that's pretty timely, too. So here we go. What do you get when a cop surprises a skunk? What do you get when a cop surprises a skunk? A stink bomb. Pretty good. Law and order. Oh, very punny, very punny. (laughs) Oh, well, that's about it. 